Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Rick Mon is locked and loaded on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, you better believe it. It is Tuesday, the 13th of February, 2024. This is TNT Today's News Talk. I'm Rick Munn, and this is the Locked and Loaded Show. And what a show we had beforehand with Open Line. Absolute pure dynamite, TNT style. It was crazy, but in the best possible way. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. It can be very stressful doing live radio, especially when you've never done it before. But I don't know. I like it in a strange, weird, masochistic kind of way. I love the madness. I love the craziness. I love the you never know what's going to come next. I just love it. Yes, I do. And it keeps me going. And here I am still banging away uh, two years later. And I probably will continue to do so until they give me my marching orders. So anyway, we've got another action-packed hour coming up. Always changing and moving and adapting here. Unfortunately, uh, Kit Clarenberg, who was due to join me this morning, has been struck down uh, by an illness. He can't even talk. So Gemma Cooper has very kindly agreed to step into the breach uh, after she does her editorial and uh, remain with me live on her until the halfway mark of the show. And then the one and only the legend himself, Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa, shall be beaming in from South Africa. And we're going to have a breakdown on what's happening in that particular part of the world. Always like to shine a little spotlight on there because there's always stuff going on. If you haven't already done so, get yourself onto the App Store or the Google Play Store and download our app, which is TNT Radio. Get it onto your listening device of choice. And of course, make use of our website, tntradio.live. Everything is on there, folks. We've even got a cinema tab on there now, and you don't have to queue up with other uh, nasty, bad, foul-smelling people who, with their nasty children, eating popcorn and kicking the back of your seats when you're watching documentaries. You can watch TNT's very own cinema tab from the comfort of your own home. And we've always got great documentaries on there and things that we believe would be of interest to you. So that's all by way of an introduction. Uh, we talked this week, I think it was this week or possibly at the end of last week, about uh, recruitment numbers within the NHS, how there's so many people. I think it was actually yesterday uh, we talked about uh, the amount of people coming in, non-nationals filling up the ranks of the NHS uh, yesterday. Uh, Kate Shemarani also highlighted this. She said of the 335,000 full-time equivalent nurses and health visitors in England in September 2023, whose nationality was known, 30% or 100,000 were non-UK nationals, according to analysis by the PA News Agency. This is up from around 2 in 10, 20% three years earlier, and is the highest proportion since current data began. I didn't realise there was so many people actually employed within the NHS. So you're talking 335,000. That's a third of a million. third of a million people employed as uh, health visitors or uh, care workers within the NHS. Those numbers are absolutely astronomical. Uh, another story highlighted by Aisling O'Loughlin, uh, who's an Irish journalist. She's also a regular here on Locked and Loaded. She said, how many more died suddenly and unexpectedly? Is it going to take before the Irish start getting angry about being tricked into unnecessary medical trials by their media, doctors and politicians. Are we just going to pretend this isn't happening? And of course, there is that ostrich mentality that very, very many people have. I've seen people in restaurants, served crap food, miserable experience, not enjoying their meal, being treated like dirt by some of the servings. And they'll just sit there and they'll just take it. 
because they don't want to cause a scene. And listen, I, I don't mind, you know, if things aren't perfect, but come on, give me a break. When you go somewhere and you pay for service, you expect there's a certain level of expectation. And if you don't speak up about it, and if you don't address it, then the people that are continuing to give bad service and screw people around are going to continue to do that. You're actually making it worse for other people. So take your heads out of the sand, people, if your head is in the sand, or remove it from another bodily part where it's probably wedged up and smell the roses. We need to start getting more vocal about these things and calling spades spades and not simply big spoons. So I think ask the question, well, when's the tipping point going to be in Ireland? And I think when it comes really close to home, sadly, it will result in the death of a really close friend or relative or many of them, because that hasn't happened to everybody yet. But when it does, I think there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth on that front. So anyway, uh, those are just some things that have cast my eye over here this morning. Uh, all being well, uh, we'll be back in a split second with Gemma with plenty more still to cover. So keep it tuned here to the one and only TNT Today's News Talk. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, Gemma, we have an awful, awful lot to get through here this morning. Well, more than you thought, more than you bargained for when you woke up this morning because you didn't know you were going to be stuck on here with me until uh, half past. But hey, that's the roller coaster. That is TNT. What do you think? Are you are you strapped in? Are you ready to rock and roll? Yes, yes, yes. I like I like the unpredictability too, you know. And I cannot remember a time in my career that I woke up with uh, such a spring in my step uh, yeah. when I had to go to work in the morning, you know, because yeah. we get to discuss and analyze and, and uh, contradict uh, the narratives that are being forced upon us worldwide. And we get to do it without, uh, you know, free, uh, fear of censure. Mm -hmm. uh, we welcome debate. And it's just so refreshing as a broadcaster to be able to do it. But of course, the live element is the unpredictability, uh, guests pull out or stories change. But that, you know, it keeps us on our toes, as you rightly say, Rick. And, you know, and you love it. I mm -hmm. love it. Everybody on the mm -hmm. station loves it. And uh, I think that mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that the audience, uh, whether you're watching or listening, you love it too. They love it. They love it. That's why they keep coming back. And some people have been here right from the get-go. Uh, some of the familiars in the live chat have been here right from the start. And of course, we're seeing those numbers growing across all the platforms, literally on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's all good here on that front. And yes, I was like you, the last job that I was in, Towards the end, I hated it with every ounce of my being. But you know what? Here's the other beauty of the unpredictability of life. I never foresaw myself or even dreamed that I would end up doing something like this for a living because if there's one thing I can do, it's talk. And if you told me someday, Rick, you're going to earn a living simply by yakking incessantly nonstop to people, I would say that sounds like a dream. And guess what? Dreams do come true. So here I am, <laughs> like it or lump it. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. You're on fighting form today. Fighting form, I, I have to is. say. Yeah, absolutely. Something's put fire in your belly, and I, I'm glad I to hear it. And I don't know what it is because I'm not even caffeinated. You know, if I, I used to take a coffee in the mornings before I came on air, and I used to be a little bit hyper, I'm not going to lie, but this is me uncaffeinated. Uh, when the clocks go forward in the UK in March, I think I have an extra hour in the morning. I might just be able to nip and get myself a, a large cappuccino with an extra shot of espresso in it. So the summertime should be particularly volatile uh, on open <laughs> line and uh, <laughs> locked and loaded. But anyway, uh, let's uh, talk about this story that you've highlighted here. 
This is this is this sick and disgusting for all the wrong reasons. I'm sick of bullies. I don't like bullies. I don't like people that put people's arms up their backs and coerce them into doing things. But here we have uh, uh, energy providers, those old culprits as well, bullying uh, customers that are on cheap tariffs to force them into getting smart meters fitted into their properties. Uh, what's the lowdown in this one, Gemma? Yeah, I mean, it's the ever relentless rollout of smart technology into people's homes and people that don't necessarily want these uh, these bits of kit in their homes or they don't want them. Um, but otherwise, they're going to lose out on cheap electricity, which at the current you know economic crisis here in the UK with the price of energy bills, uh, this story is actually quite scandalous. So there's almost a million homes it's emerged today and biz homes and businesses, uh, so millions of people, uh, face losing cheap electricity if they don't switch to smart meters. Um, people in the UK will be quite familiar with this. We've got a thing in the UK called Economy 7 and Economy 10, and it's cheap electricity, and it enables customers to use appliances at night, things like dishwashers, uh, washing machines, also night storage heating. So you use it at off-peak times and you save on your energy bills. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the technology that powers this, it's called radio teleswitch technology, RTS. Um, the technology is due to be switched off next month. So if you've got an RTS meter, you were going to lose out on these uh, cheap deals unless you get, drum roll please, a smart meter. Then mm -hmm. you can keep your cheap electricity. There really is no alternative. The um, the technology it currently uses, it currently uses it in conjunction with a BBC radio station, a long wave BBC radio station, Radio 4. Um, mm. And that's that's been the way for decades. And it's used this technology, it's piggybacked off this technology, this long wave technology. Um, and, and, and the energy companies kind of go in and out and access the, the technology to read your meter and they can see what you're doing. Um, but the contract between the BBC and the energy firms is coming to an end next month. And I suddenly kind of wonder why this contract is coming to an end next month. And I think maybe from the BBC side, it might be financial, because I think the BBC is a little bit cash strapped at the moment. You know, it's made a lot of people redundant. It's facing the license fee negotiation. I think it's worried about money, possibly. That's my take on it. But this technology, the contract is coming to an end. The technology is not going anywhere, but the contract that keeps it in, in in homes. This is what's coming to an end. So of course now energy suppliers have been writing to millions of people in their droves saying, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a smart meter, you're going to lose out on cheap electricity. Your RTS meter will still work, but you won't get the cheap deals. Now, a lot of people in the UK, as we've discussed many times, are living in abject poverty. Some people in the UK are living in destitution. That doesn't mean they want a smart meter. And and, and mm -hmm. some people have become very vocal about this this week. Um, many have said they feel bullied. They feel threatened. They don't want this tech in their homes. They don't trust the tech. I myself have covered stories here on TNT about smart meters that aren't reading your electricity consumption. They're reading a business in Scotland and you're getting billed tens of thousands of pounds because they don't work properly. And people ge obviously genuinely do not want that stress or the tech. Um, so this is due to happen March the 31st. Millions of meters will be switched off, leaving people without access to cheap heating, lighting and hot water. Uh, here's the thing, too. Uh, one of the weapons that was deployed against the general population during the scandemic years, especially when it came to getting them jabbed, was, you know, we're not, the, the, the way they positioned it was, Gemma, we're not forcing you to do anything, Gemma. No one's putting you in a headlock. No one's forcibly rolling up your sleeve and no one's forcibly jabbing you. So don't tell us that we're forcing you to have this done. That was the way they positioned themselves. But in reality, the subtleties in which they used to coerce people to do it was much more sinister. 
So yeah, no one, there weren't squads breaking down doors, getting people in headlocks and stabbing them in the arms with needles with Pfizer and AstraZeneca product in them. They simply said this, listen, it's your choice. If you get this, you can continue to work. If you don't get this, you're out of a job. You can't pay your rent. You can't pay your mortgage. You can't pay your rates. You can't put food on the table, but we're not forcing you to get it done. So don't you dare tell us that we're forcing you to get it done. It's your choice. What kind of a choice is that? Are these people not being put in the same position? There's a cost of living crisis on at the minute. As you've rightly outlined, Economy 7 is a tariff that's available for people that are struggling financially a lot. It helps them uh, to keep the electric on, to keep the lights on, uh, to use late night uh, tariffs and reduced rates. Now they're telling them, if you want to stay on that cheap rate, and keep the lights on, you got to get a smart meter, but we're not forcing you to get it because if you don't want it, well, you'll just simply pay more money, money that you don't have. Is that not like a, almost like a perverted, sadistic form of bullying? It's like, we're not forcing you to do it, but we're going to force you to do it with an evil, wicked smile on your face. Who are these people? Who do they think they are? I couldn't agree more. In fact, when I read the story and I read some of the comments from people who have been threatened, they say that's their words, not mine. I, I thought this is this has got exactly the same parallels with the jab rollout, mm. you know, and it wasn't mm. that subtle, was it, Rick? The jab rollout, no job, no jab, no travel, no jab, mm -hmm. no life, no jab. You know, it wasn't particularly subtle at all. It mm -hmm. was, you know, it was forcing, um, as you rightly say, um, but it wasn't after the event. No, we never forced anyone, you know, oh, shut up. Mm. Um, but mm -hmm. anyway, um, yeah, it is, it is that. And of course, it's, it's, a, it does have a gender driven um a, a kind of whiff to it because it's this tech it's this smart tech it's ai in your home it, ai that's reading someone else's meter miles away and billing you for the privilege and then you've got to sort it out so they do cause a lot of stress to people but also the you know there's been a lot of studies done on the microwaves that these things emit mm -hmm. the radiation that they can pump out and quite rightly people are like you know are they safe and effective you know, do they damage human health? Oh, no, they're perfectly fine. But we just, you know, the, the fact that it's such a desperate measure, uh, you know, UK-wide to get these things into people's homes, you know, this is effectively blackmail. If you don't get one, you'll lose cheap electricity. If you're on a state pension, and you've got no other form of income. That's a huge uh, jump in, in cost of your meager weekly state handout. Mm -hmm. um, so it is coercion. It is bullying. Um, people are saying they don't want it. Uh, the RTS meters will still work. So that you're at least spared the kind of mm. microwave technology AI coming into your house, mm. but of course you will then have to pay for it. So it does leave people between a rock and a hard place. And you know there has been a huge amount of uh, attention drawn to this. Um, and they are talking about extending the deadline for the tech to be switched off into next year. But I mean, 12 months grace isn't a great deal and energy prices may well continue to rise. So it will just be like a sort of Damocles hanging over mm. customers' heads. But yeah, you're quite right. It's, it's exact parallels with the jab rollout and, and the exact same tactics being used. Do you know what? Actually, if you extend that a little bit further out, that line of thinking, uh, people were relentlessly spammed by the NHS or their local uh, doctor surgeries uh, saying, you haven't had your jab yet, book in for a jab. You, we won't see you face to face if you're sick, but if you want to come down anytime at all, we will roll out the red carpet if you want to get jabbed. It's the same if you have a problem with your electric. Uh, many providers aren't exactly uh, lightning fast when it comes to getting an engineer out to sort out the local network, but if you phone them up 
and tell them you want a smart meter fitted, they'll be there before you can hang up the phone. There'll be an electrician or there'll be a technician knocking on your door before you can say goodbye to the operative on the phone. And another thing is too, people are being spammed with these letters as well. Uh, a lot of people are complaining about their energy providers keep spamming them with phone calls. We want to fit a smart meter. Would you consider getting a smart meter letters, junk mail, spam about that too? So the parallels extend also to the marketing campaigns behind these as well. And I'm a big believer, Gemma, that if someone is desperate to get you to take something or do something, you should run a mile, a hundred miles at speed in the opposite direction, because it's very rarely for your benefit that they want to have this done. Yeah. And also as well, that all the energy companies, much like the uh, hospitals and the GPs, they've all got targets and they've got financial incentives to get these targets met. So again, it's exactly the same as you rightly say, the marketing is the same, the incentive is the same for the companies, they get fined if they don't meet their targets. So you have to ask about you know, why, that why, what's behind this relentless rollout of this technology in people's properties? You know, it's clearly, they clearly want this, uh, the energy providers or the corporations that own these energy companies are clearly under some kind of kosh. They're all doing it. They're all in lockstep um, to get this tech into people homes luckily you know people are standing up against it but you know short of running away to a cabin in the woods and you know mm. building your own fire in the evening what 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 do you do you know we do live in the mm. modern world and people are very akin to hot water and central heating and all of those things so it's a little bit of a battle i think between the consumer and the corporations i mean that's nothing particularly new but it's it's a sinister rollout of technology that we didn't ask for we didn't necessarily vote for we didn't necessarily want and yet it's being thrust upon us so it's be interesting to see next month march the 31st with this deadline what happens with this story it will it will march 31st a lot of deadlines coming up uh, over the next few months crazy it's going to be uh, 2024 i think it's going to be the year of sinister deadlines but they'll come and go and of course time will tell what the outcome will be for this as with everything else got to take a little uh, break as per right now for some ads when we come back uh, gem is going to stay with us i've got another few stories to bounce off of her get her opinion on them and then rob hutchinson hopefully will be joining us just after half past from south africa so don't go away still plenty more to play for here on locked and loaded tn today's news talk now as we move into an election year in u.s politics at a time when the western empire is under attack from within as if an orchestrated decline is the plan whilst at the same time the rise of BRICS nations represents a rise of a new multipolar order institutions that have controlled the world are at last being questioned for their behavior and their failures Absolute power corrupts absolutely, and the truth shall set us free. Those two statements sit at opposite ends of the zeitgeist in a world that is filled with death, destruction, deceit, and a wholesale unwillingness to hold anyone in power to account, except for anyone who takes power against the ruling elite, of course. And then we have seen how that system works. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, 
We give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more, so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Yes, yes, yes. Never a dull moment here on TNT. Today's news talk. Uh, Gemma is still in the house. Thankfully, always happy to talk to her in these little extended uh, segments that we have. Uh, I always look at things opportunistically. When someone drops out, it gives me an opportunity to talk with somebody else. And sometimes we just have to adapt. We have to adapt to survive. And that's what we do here on TNT. Uh, Gemma, I have another story here. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, we've talked on and off about the referendum th that are coming up uh, in March in Ireland. Uh, they want to remove woman from the Irish constitution. They want to remove family from the Irish constitution and replace it with durable relationship. So a little bit of digging has been done in this on how much money has been spent by the Irish government trying to promote this referendum. And they're actually closing ranks on this one here. Let me just give you a, a, a story here, a statement from a senator in Ireland, Michael McDowell. He said uh, the public's interest requires keeping the pub, the public requires the public interest requires keeping the public in the dark. So this was something that he wrote on Monday. Uh, Minister Roderick O'Gorman's department has now decided that it would not be in the public interest to publish the minutes of the government's interdepartmental group meetings, which considered the proposed amendments to the constitution. So here we have a government minister deciding that it's not in the public interest to know what has been said behind closed doors in reference to change in the Irish constitution. Uh, the department refused access to all 64 pages of notes, all of them completely off the table, and any discussions uh, considering amendments, including tax law, Laws, social welfare laws, pension laws, allocation of family assets, alimony allowance, laws in relation to family unification for asylum seekers, withheld records includes minutes of 16 meetings. The records also include correspondence with an NGO named Trior, and they won't even tell us what that means. Is this secretive and clandestine and very sketchy or what? Yeah, and I'm not sure it's entirely legal because if it's uh, things that are said, you know, within parliaments, it, it's supposed to be um, recorded as part of history. So this this, this seems extremely sinister, you know. Mm -hmm. And also, of, of what on earth is being discussed if 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 it's not being released? And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really kind of cautionary tale of like those who serve us ostensibly. That's their role, um, keeping us keeping us well in the dark. And and the fact they've gone so on the record with this and saying we're not going to release any of this information and sort of really uh, being quite aggressive with this. We're not. We don't feel there's any need to do this. It's mm -hmm. like should raise serious alarm bells of because it's we're it's all paid for by the taxpayer. It's all paid for mm -hmm. by us. I've, I mean, I've never found myself saying that more than having joined this station. You know, mm -hmm. taken a great interest in where our money goes because we work hard mm -hmm. enough to earn it don't we and then we hand it over to the state and we expect the state to do right by us and clearly anything but is going on here and here's the thing 
I have a guy uh, who's been coming on Locked and Loaded for, for years now, Johnny Weissman. And Johnny is a cybersecurity guy, but he, he feverishly labored to get information from Pfizer, doing breakdowns and, you know, their uh, mRNA shots, what the ingredients were. And they always replied to him, but with heavily redacted documentation. So he might have got 15 pages of responses from Pfizer, but most of it was blacked out, you know, with a Sharpie. It was all redacted, heavily redacted. But at least there was something on there. There was a few tidbits of information from Pfizer on there to pacify him a little bit. Gemma, the Irish government is even going beyond Pfizer's redaction to Johnny Weisman. They're simply saying, you're not getting anything. You're not getting any notes. You're not getting any minutes. You're getting absolutely jacked. So just go away. It's not in the public interest for us to disclose this. That is crazy that they will release absolutely nothing from more than a dozen meetings and dozens and dozens of pages of minutes. They won't release a thing. What are they hiding? Quite. That, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, you know, what do you think they're hiding? You know, misuse yeah. of public funds, scandal after scandal, cover up after cover up. You know, it's censorship. There's no question of that. But, you know, as far as I'm aware, you know, government minutes are government minutes and they should be, unless it is hailed mm -hmm. as a, a private meeting um it, it should be accessible because it is it is our money and they serve us and they they do kind of tacitly know that and yeah you would have thought they'd release something even if it's just got the name and the heading of the meeting uh, and then everything else could be blacked out but very odd very odd indeed i mean what do you think Isn't that it? they're hiding well, here's what I would love to do. I'd love to get in front of some of these ministers, you know, and just twist it right back on them. Because one of the things that we're told when we complain, you and I would complain, say there's too much prying into our personal lives. There's too much snooping done by governments. They want to spy on our emails. They want to spy on our WhatsApp messages. They want to do this. They want to do that. And the government would turn to you and I, Gemma, and say, Rick, Gemma, if you're not doing anything wrong, you've got nothing to fear, right? So can we not turn that back around onto the Irish government and say, well, Irish government, if you're not doing anything wrong, then you've got nothing to fear. But the fact that you're closing ranks and redacting everything and releasing absolutely nothing in relation to these critical referenda that are coming up in March, I would say they've got a lot to hide and they're doing a lot wrong. That's why their little lips are pursed shut. It goes back to what you were talking about, about accepting bad service in a restaurant because you don't want to make a scene. You don't want to kind of stand up and be counted, mm -hmm. but you're still getting really, really bad service and you leave mm -hmm. absolutely furious, both with yourself and with the establishment. I mean, I've I've fallen foul of that myself, but now I do speak out because I've just had enough handing over my money for crap stuff, mm -hmm. especially meals. But it's the same principle. You know, we're not getting served by the politicians you voted in, who you're paying for. Uh, you're not getting the service you want. You know, people should be rightly. And these are the issues. They're, they're grassroots issues. You can easily march up even to your local council uh, here in the UK and demand to see minutes of meetings. And the same absolutely should and does apply to national government because it is a matter of public discourse. It's a matter of public record. And it's a matter of policy in most places to to make these uh these things public so it uh yeah it's extraordinary uh it probably will well is already backfiring by the sound of it um and hopefully we will see possibly after these referenda of what's what what was in these secret meetings and what what comes to light i hope so i hope that after the event at least you might see how bad they've been behind closed doors let's see
Yeah, time will tell. Like everything else, listen, the old TNT mantra on here, time will tell all, but uh, the, the truth will always come to light, no matter how much they try and suppress it, and that applies to the Irish government too. Gemma, uh, we've got to call time in this one and go to a headline break, so many thanks to you as always for your invaluable input on these uh, subject matters. I know you have another uh, shift to do with James after this one, but we shall reconvene as well uh, tomorrow morning as normal on Open Line. So big thanks to Gemma Cooper and listeners. Please stay tuned. We've still got another 29 minutes of magic here uh, before my shift ends. So don't miss anything. Stay tuned to TNT Today's News Talk. Well, what's the news? TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris says she's ready to replace Joe Biden if necessary, as concerns grow over his ability to run the country. U.S. Defense Chief Lloyd Austin's been admitted into intensive care for the second time in as many months following his cancer surgery in December. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk has denied supplying his Starlink internet service to Russian troops, and Syria says it's ready to go to war with Israel over its occupation of Golan Heights. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. Keeping you up to speed here on TNT radio. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, still got Rob Hutchinson to come. We're just trying to connect with him here this morning. But we also have uh, a regular uh, caller who uh, is chomping at the bit uh, to get some stuff off his chest here this morning. Uh, Burning is on the line at the minute. Burning, uh, how are you doing today, my friend? How are you? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you indeed. Uh, how's, how's life? You. How about you? So, but a good buzzing show this morning. Listen, I just had a quick yeah. Comment, well, um, yes, please. On the Irish uh-huh. Constitution is, issue, uh-huh. uh, it, it, I think it's if you if you if you know, I'm sure you do. There's a there's a requirement under the Irish Constitution that any amendment to the um, law or to the Constitution of Ireland has to go to the people in the referendum. Uh-huh. And in your story just now, you were saying that they're proposing to make a change to the Irish constitution without referring to the people. And I wonder whether the logic of that is that they want to try and ram through the WHO pandemic treaty. The only way they can do that is either go to a referendum or clandestinely in the background change the constitution without telling the people to remove the requirement for a referendum. Well, what 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 they're trying to do is, uh, Bernie, what they're trying to push for at the uh, they want to remove the word woman uh, from the Irish Constitution and they want to change the definition of what a family is within the Irish Constitution. They want to change it to what's called the durable relationship. Now, this will have massive uh, ramifications towards uh, people being allowed to bring family members into the country if they're here uh, as asylum seekers or refugees uh, or if they've been here for a while, it will open the doors for many, many more people to come into Ireland and will also change laws if people as to who can inherit what from uh, death within Ireland. So there's a lot riding in this one here. And of course, it is going to a referendum in March and the government is spending an awful lot of money by NG the Irish people that they should vote yes to these amendments to the Irish constitution. So uh, it's a strange time in Ireland, as I'm sure you're aware, you've been following these events yourself. So I think, Bernie, uh, we will find out sooner rather than later what the outcome of this will be uh, when this referenda uh, takes place during the month of March. I wonder whether there's more behind that, whether they're actually um, trying to whistle through another change to, to remove the requirement for referendum. Because that would enable them mm. to ram through the WHO treaty, which no one wants. 
Yeah. It just seems a very odd thing to just have a change in the constitution for, the, for what you've mentioned, which I've read. But I, perhaps I'm seeing spooks, but you know, if, it would be very convenient if they could also get rid of the referendum requirement, which would then, for certain parts of the constitution, which would then enable them just to adopt the WHO pandemic treaty without having to go to a referendum. Yeah, because they're they're also hell bent, uh, Bernie. They're also hell bent on adopting and embracing uh, these WHO pandemic treaty uh, recommendations that are currently uh, doing the rounds at the minute. But interesting take on it, and of course, uh, thank you very much as always uh, for your input, Bernie. And hopefully, you'll stay tuned uh, to the rest of the show. That's uh, Bernie that we had on the line there, and I want to believe, fingers crossed. Now the legend, the leg end himself is beaming in, connected, locked, and loaded here on. TNT, Rob Hutchinson. Rob, are you there? I'm, yeah. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing good, man. Black, you, you're wearing black. I'm wearing black. Anoop and the studio guys are wearing black. What is it with this black uniform that we have? We're very uh, menacing, <laughs> don't you think? Do you think we're subliminally sending a message out during our broadcasting or what? <laughs> we might well be, absolutely. I think black is the new black. It's, it's quite slimming, don't you think? <laughs> well, for you, maybe not for me. It. I was thinking about that the other day. You know, they say, Rick, if you wear black, it slims you down a little bit. But I don't think that one applies to me, Rob. I'm an outlier in the black clothing department when it comes to that. <laughs> but it's all good. Uh, really good to see you again. I can't believe how time flies. Uh, we usually talk about every four or five weeks. Here you are again. Uh, we're going to be talking, as usual, about what's happening in South Africa. I like talking to you because... South Africa, I believe, and we've talked about this now for nearly two years, uh, I believe it's like a foretaste of what is coming to Europe if things don't change here. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry to say that, but your country at the minute is literally disintegrating in real time. And I'm sad to say this, maybe it's you are the problem. Maybe you're a curse on South Africa. But every time I talk to you, things get a little bit worse in South Africa. Maybe I should stop Might talking be. to you and things will improve. What do you think? <laughs> it might be, Greg. We, we could give it a try, although I, I don't want to give that a try. Let's let's make the collapse happen. <laughs> no, yeah. you're right, Rick. It is it is getting worse. It is getting worse, and um, no no fault by any any South African citizen. I don't think it's it's definitely a government issue. Um, we have elections coming up just around the corner. That's going to be a really interesting time. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the ruling party, the ANC dropping below their 50% majority, which poses some interesting interesting scenarios. Will, will they form a coalition with um, other other parties and retain retain the lead, retain governance? Or will a the opposition party form a coalition with uh, aligned aligned parties and then we have a complete new uh, government in, in place? It's it's uh, precarious times. Um, I I am putting my money on the reluctantly <laughs> on the ANC retaining power and retaining more than 50%. I think they've got quite a few tricks up their sleeve and um, yeah, which appeals to the to the general electorate. So yeah, it is it is a sad time. The country is uh, definitely in need of, of an overhaul. It is definitely falling apart at absolutely every every level. And it is down to pure incompetence and corruption. 
Last time uh, you were on, and I want to get you to reinforce this today because uh, there's no better person to talk about what's happening in the country than someone that's actually living there, that's someone that's always lived there, and that's someone that has a you know a vested interest in what's happening in their own country. I mentioned uh, Julius uh, Malema last time you and I were on. There's a lot of hype around this guy. We see uh, uh, you know a footage of him in stadiums jumping up and down, coming out with very racially charged comments. Uh, you know, kill the yeah. uh, kill the farmer, kill the boar. Wanted think saying he's calling for genocide on all white people potentially in South Africa. A lot of very, how would you say, opportunist social media commentators seem to have latched on to Malema uh, and, and are saying this could be the next president of South Africa. But we addressed this last time you were on. We're trying to keep things real here, not get uh, all mm. hyper uh, hyperbolic with things. It's highly unlikely that Malema is going to get elected. It's highly unlikely that he's going to uh, commit mass genocide of the whites, although there are, of course, uh, a lot of racist issues in South Africa at the minute. There are horrific farm attacks going on at the minute. But is it safe to say that Malema most likely will not end up uh, winning the presidential election and then triggering a, a mass genocide in South Africa? Mm. Yeah, I would say um, most definitely, but most likely. He definitely will not. Uh, become president. The ANC wouldn't wouldn't allow that in the first place, and um, yeah, I think I see Malema as the, the the dog who's chasing the car, and then you know barking at a bark and it runs after it, and then when, if he finally gets it, he wouldn't know what to do with it. It's all it's all um, a typical socialist approach. Um, he just has to get get his following, tell them how how they have been. Uh, you know, down put by or put down by um, the oppressors, which are the whites and the farmers, and how they stole the land. He has to keep bringing bringing up those those issues in order to um, remain his, or retain his stance as a as a revolutionary party. Uh, he even calls himself as the ground force. He calls his followers the the EFF ground force and the soldiers and so on. It's it's typical. Uh, rhetoric from from Europe in the 1940s and 30s. It's 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 a carbon copy of of what happened there, and it's 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 see through. It really see through. I think his his followers are actually also seeing seeing through the through the promises and lies, um, with promises which haven't materialized, and he just simply hasn't delivered to uh, to his followers and supporters. So I suspect a lot of the polls say that he will. Uh, increase his following. I, I don't think so so much. I think it's going to decrease. And he's been quite silent. You know, in previous elections, he's he's made a lot of noise, and this election, so far, so far, pretty quiet. Yeah, interesting when somebody goes quiet as well, but there's an old saying, you know, still waters run deep. It's like me. <laughs> if I suddenly became quiet and withdrawn, uh, you would know something was up, something was spectacular maybe was going to happen. <laughs> yes. So maybe Malema's withdrawal and silence, you know, before a tsunami, the tide goes out. It goes way out yeah. and people are saying, where's the water? And next thing you know, there's about uh, 60 feet high walls of water coming down, destroying everything in its path. Maybe I'm just uh, reading too much into it, but always beware when a man goes quiet, especially if you're about to get into a fight. Here's a little tip for you people. If you're confronted by someone in the street and someone goes quiet, all of a sudden, it means you're about to get punched in the face. So prepare yourself accordingly. So that's a little, uh, little self-defense and self-preservation tip from me here.
there, Rob. We've got to take a quick, quick, quick break. When we come back, I want to look at some of the proposals that are currently uh, doing the rounds in South Africa, especially to do with uh, basic income grants and also surveillance of the citizens, the good people of South Africa. So please stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this break here on TNT, today's news talk. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. My company, weatherbell.com, already has a hurricane season from hell predicted for the United States next year. We're expecting three to five major landfalling hurricanes. We parallel or correlate next year to 2005, 2017, 2020. Now, we've had this out since December, been speculating on what could happen with this upcoming hurricane season since last hurricane season. A lot of this is because of the climate hypothesis I've developed. And it's interesting, I'm starting to see people tiptoe toward what my company, weatherbell.com, has had out. I do think it will turn into a stampede. The current El Nino is going to collapse rapidly in the spring, reverse to a La Nina. The main development region of the Atlantic is still very, very warm, except this year, it's not as warm in the North Atlantic. Now, what does that mean? Well, whenever it's not as warm in the North Atlantic and it's warmer near the equator, it means that the heat gets to incubate, as I call it, or bunch up in the areas that are the main development region. Last year, we saw storms developing and just going up north in the Atlantic and staying away from the United States. I don't believe that's the case this year. In addition, in looking at forecasted rainfall patterns for the upcoming hurricane season, we look at the Pacific and we see that from the Indian Ocean into the Western Pacific, it looks like phase two and three of the Madden-Julian oscillation. All the major hurricanes that have hit the United States that have developed within two days of the U.S. coast since 2017 have hit in phase two or three of the Madden-Julian oscillation. So here we are in February, reviewing our forecast from December and we'll see who's right. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. I had a, a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. Rick Munn. Now you listen here. He's a TNT Radio. Now go away! <laughs> no, don't go away. Not yet anyway. We've still got another, uh, what, 15 minutes of magic to bring to you here. Rob, we're talking uh, all things South Africa. It would be wrong of us. I think it would be criminal of us not to bring up the name of the one and only uh, President Cyril Ramfosa. He has doubled down on his plans to make the shift to permanent basic income grants in South Africa. Uh, he delivered a 2024 State of the Nation address. He said that this will be done by extending and amending uh, the social re 
Relief of Distress grant. Uh, recently, Minister of Social Development Lindiwe Zulu said that funding models being explored for the proposed basic income grant uh, are between an increase in tax, a reallocation of current budgets, and also borrowing, none of which sounds particularly appealing to the already uh, suppressed, oppressed, and maligned uh, residents and good folk of South Africa. What do you think? Well, it sounds good to the majority, the majority who, who don't pay taxes. You know, there's a very small tax pool in South Africa and getting smaller by, by the day, uh, especially on the income tax side. And oh, of course, everyone pays pays VAT, but that's definitely not the, the largest source of income. So yes, it's going to have to be done through an increase in taxes. Um, I don't see where the money is going to come from because alongside that is the NHI and a whole lot of other government promises. And uh, Rick, I think it's more more of an election uh, electioneering. He used that state of the nation address just to just to push the ANC's election agenda and, and manifesto and make the same promises that he that he always has. He knows that uh, the ANC's, as I said earlier, the majority rule is hanging by a thread and he knows how, how to uh, entice his, his electorate. He knows his target market pretty pretty well. And the appeal there is uh, free healthcare, uh, basic income, income grant, you don't have to work, you don't have to look for a job, you just get get the money, everyone gets it. And they're already doing it, they've been, they've been running their 350 rand a month uh, social social grant to cater for um, COVID, uh, issues in COVID. And as, as the system's already in place, so he's making out as if it's easy, as if um, the ANC has a an orchard of of money trees, and it's just going to fall from from the sky. But yeah, as as usual, the the general electorate, the ANC's uh, target market on on the lower end of the pyramid, um, knows no better, and they they will they will lap it up. I mean, if if I was destitute and and you know, living below the poverty line or on the poverty line, I would, I would jump at the chance of free healthcare, free quality healthcare, a basic income grant, and and so on. Whatever else they are are proposing, it it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and is that not what they're preying on uh, as well, Rob? The fact that people's circumstances are so dire that when you dangle this cart in front of people's nose, I would take it. Uh, I would be under mm -hmm. no uh, hesitation in taking it, and neither would you. Uh, and it's the same thing with, uh, you know, we, we cover a lot about people coming to Ireland, for example, illegally, making the journey from uh, Lithuania, making the journey from Algeria, making the journey from uh, sub-Saharan Africa to get to Ireland because they're promised a lot of grants, they're promised uh, housing, turnkey accommodation, yep. they're promised free healthcare, free education, bring your family along. If I was sitting in some slum somewhere in Nairobi and I thought, well, if I can just make my way to Ireland, I would be opportunistic and I would be going there too. So I'm not judging people for taking these benefits. The government are responsible for dangling these carrots in front of already people who are hard up noses. And of course they're going to take them, but then they become slaves to the government because usually there will be terms and conditions attached to this. And if you don't play ball or you don't pipe the government's tune, they simply turn off the top to your benefits that you suddenly have become very reliant upon. Very effective method of control. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And that's that's what the ANC actually wants <clears throat> is total control. Uh, you know, if you if you got the the general population eating out the palm of your hand, you, you you call the shots. You can do what you want, 
And if people don't do it, then then they'll lose lose the benefits, as you say. There, there's also been talk about um, there's a lot of Chinese in, influence in in South Africa, and we all know about the Chinese social credit system. And uh, I, I have a feeling that we're heading towards that. Uh, you mentioned surveillance as well, and that's definitely definitely part uh, part of it. Knowing everything about everyone on a mass mass scale. So yeah, it is, Rick, and it's 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 quite sad to see um, thirty years later people still living on hope and promise, as as the ANC promised but failed to deliver thirty years ago. And uh, I have no doubt that they they will still still vote for for ANC based on that hope and promise, especially with an unemployment rate of forty three percent. That's the official extended. The extended figures is 40, 43% unemployment. And most of that is the youth, the youth. Mm-hmm. And we all know about the youth, always looking for grants and, and freebies. So it's, it's highly appealing to them. And also, if that's the case with the youth, Rob, that means that the next, for the foreseeable future, uh, that's going to roll forward. It doesn't, uh, it's not a really an indicator that South Africa is going to improve anytime soon if the high unemployment rates are among the youth and no opportunities are being created uh, for youth employment or youth training schemes or volunteer schemes that get them into apprenticeships, for example, teach them a trade, let them become out there and become self-sufficient, maybe self-employed. A lot of that is neglected especially in the UK as well. You know, people think, you know, if you go to school, you do well, you go to university, you get a degree, you're going to have a good job for life. The reality is most of the people that I know are doing the best at the minute are not university graduates. They're electricians, plumbers, uh, scaffolders, plasters, joiners, people that can actually do uh, constructive work with their hands. They've learned to trade electricians, plumbers, etc. I think they're the people that are going to thrive and, and do well going forward. The people coming out of universities with degrees are saddled with huge amounts of debt. I don't know what it's like in South Africa, but the, the student debt levels in the UK are insane. And then there's no jobs for them to go to and they're faced with a life of you know working to pay off a bloody uh, university grant or tuition fees for a job that doesn't exist when they get out there you know they're promised heaven but they get hell that's that's exactly what's happening here as well you have a, a qualified or graduates and professionals who have better opportunities elsewhere in the country or elsewhere outside of the country rather it would be great to to earn dollars or, or pounds or euros as opposed to earning south african south african rands uh, the, the currency is weakening but by, by the day um it, it's a disaster so Professionals will, will leave the country, uh, whether they're in, in debt or not, and uh, graduates will, will do the same. And there's, there's so much work that needs to be done in South Africa, especially on uh, construction and trade and plumbers and electricians and, and so on that goes along with construction, that that's where the government actually should be focusing their resources and steering people towards that, that kind of education. But we don't see that happening uh, at, no. at all. We used to have trade schools in in South Africa, but they fell by the wayside, and they're trying to uh, re- reinstate them to us. But I don't see any any action about it, and certainly no mention from from the president about around education or the dire need to skill upskill uh, the general South African population. 
Also, it's worth noting, Rob, that a lot of those trades uh, that we mentioned, most people, when they learn those trades, will then become self-employed. They'll usually set up their own business, and ultimately, they Correct. will become much more financially independent than they would if they went down the traditional employment route. So, of course, if you're uh, self-employed and doing well, you'll probably earn more money and certainly become less able to be controlled than you would be if you were in a current job. So maybe that's another reason why these trade schools have fell by the wayside, because they were producing people that were financially independent and savvy mm. uh, to do with their own self-destiny. And of course, that's not to be expected uh, going forward into any yep. NWO type situation that uh, Ramfos and Co. have <laughs> envisioned right. for people like you. So there's a lot of layers to this cake. Another one is, uh, before we get to the top of the hour, uh, there's a, a final call. By the way, uh, Rob has a website, Dear South Africa, uh, if you're listening from that part of the world, which you know a lot of people are, please feel free to check it out. I'm just going to give you the address. It's dearsouthafrica.co.za or you can follow them on the X or Twitter platform at dearsa underscore national. Uh, Rob posts up periodically uh, some of the final calls that are going out for uh, things that are going through uh, parliaments or proposed bills. Here's one to do with mass surveillance uh, for all South Africans. If a bill goes through uh, before parliament, uh, um, uh, as it's passed into laws, it now stands the government will be able to mass monitor the phone conversations, emails, private messages, and web browsing logs of every South African behind a veil of secrecy in the name of, wait for it, national security. So they want to monitor everybody in every way to protect South Africa. Protect them from who? Who's threatening <laughs> South Africa at the minute? Uh, is the greatest the <laughs> endemic threat to South Africa not the people that are trying to push these bills forward? Exactly, that that is the problem. It's 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 a it's quite a major overhaul of the state security agency and all the sub agencies with with within it. Um, before they were more focused on individual surveillance, they had to obtain a warrant from from the from the court, and then uh, if if somebody was suspected of a crime or involved in a crime. Um, then they could monitor the, the communications of that person, intercept the intercept the communications. Now this new this new law, uh, it's called the General Intelligence Laws Amendment Bill, that uh, proposes a mass surveillance opportunity for for government, without any oversight, without any need for a warrant, without any uh, need to request permission from say service providers in the telecoms uh, industry, cell phone providers and, and uh, service providers and so on. They just go ahead and do mass surveillance of a potential group uh, where they see a potential threat. And I think that's the, the catch in the whole thing is that word potential because um, it leaves it completely open-ended. They, they can surveil any any group of people, any individual uh, or group of people on a, on a mass scale as, as they wish. and. You know, people sort of say, well, you know, how's the government going to actually do this? Uh, very simple. They already have the technology in place. Um, there's uh, experienced people around it who, who can, can do it. And it's the use of AI technology as well. Um, mass surveillance interception of communication. They scan for uh, certain words or uh, phrases and, and so on. And if they suspect anything, then they can actually prosecute those individuals, bring them in, uh, question them further, and, and so on. It, it leaves it completely open-ended. I think for the political parties, it's a major concern, especially with the upcoming elections. And the ANC government seems 
hell-bent on, on getting it through before the elections. Um, the fear is that it can be used to spy on opposition parties, get inside information, and, and so on, in order for the ANC to, to come out on top in, in the elections. And of course, it could be used to spy on people within the party as well, mm-hmm. on, on each other, and dig up dirt and, and totally fictitious stuff at, as well. It's, it's really a, a terrible piece of legislation that, that has been put out and, and rather concerning um, as to where this country's headed, uh, should, should that be implemented. You've also made a note here uh, on the post that you put up on uh, Twitter that the bill is being rushed through Parliament with undue haste. So therefore, mm-hmm. it's important for as many organisations and individuals to personally respond as swiftly as possible. Uh, yes or no, do you support the spy bill in its current bill as, as uh, presented by Parliament? You also mentioned AI, just to wrap this up too. I noticed last year, I don't know if they still do it or not, but whenever we used to put uh, all our uploads onto Spotify TNT, there was some kind of program must have been ran by Spotify that immediately uh, some uh, shows were flagged as uh, beware COVID misinformation here. Now, there was nothing on the descriptive terms. The shows were literally just uploaded to Spotify, but there must have been some kind of scanning program that was blasted through uh, all our uploads there that immediately, if I talk to you today, for example, and I mentioned COVID-19 injections, that would flag that show up. Before it was even really uh, listened to by anybody, it would immediately be flagged up. So there is a lot of technology being employed against us at the minute. And I don't know about you, you're an old man like me, a little bit older, I want to believe, because you know you're extra white <laughs> rather than just a little grey speckly here and there. But to bring back the good old days, man. Let's get back to pre-internet days. Let's go back to the 70s and the 80s. Let's get out there, you know, and do what we used to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad oh, reminiscing I dream of the minute, those days. I don't think it's going to happen. But in the meantime, listen, we'll keep each other company on this journey, this downward slide that we're on into the grave right now, Rob Hutchinson. So big thanks to you as always uh, for taking the time to join me this morning. It's Rob Hutchinson from here, South Africa. I'm Rick Munn. James Freeman's income.